Welcome back to episode 12 of the Nosebleeds. I'm Colin Martin. Here I have Bannon Crowley. Hello. And uh, we're missing Cam today, scheduling, but we're good. He's still here. Don't worry about him. He's here in spirit. Yeah. We're going to be talking about some of his boys too. So, you know, I hope you're tuning in, Cam. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So more of an uneventful week from the football side, but some of the other sports we don't touch on as much, uh, specifically boxing. It's had a really big week. So, yeah, same sort of stuff. Let's get into it. Uh, first, let's start with the NFL. Uh, one of our notes uh, just says Aaron Rodgers being a baby. I think that's the best way to wrap it up. And, Banning, I'll let you cut into this one. So, the thing is, Aaron Rodgers, he said uh, he doesn't want to be in Green Bay anymore. And we'll talk about this a little bit. But just to start it off, um, me and Colin both don't like Aaron Rodgers. Hey. Uh, never have. <laughs> he's I, I know that he's good. I still think he's completely overrated. I don't think everyone says he's if he had the team around him or whatever, he would be as good as Tom Brady. Everyone says he has the best skill set of any quarterback ever. That's not true. Yeah. If you don't, I mean, I I understand people want to say the greatest is Brady and the most skilled is Rodgers. If you're going to make that argument, the most skilled is Manning. So don't even start with me on that in my opinion. I'm a big Pats fan. We talk about it all the time. I mean, Manning played on my favorite college team, so I, I don't hate him necessarily, but I'm biased towards Brady. But if you really want to break down the greatest versus most skilled, people are picking the wrong guy for most skilled. It's Manning. I'd even vouch for Montana a little bit just because, you know, yeah. Montana is one of the greats. But I'm with you on that. I People say Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the team. And but he's always had the team. He's I'm, always at least had a defense. Yeah, and even when he does, this year his defense wasn't that great. His secondary was awful. The linebackers are great. I like that D line a lot. But his the team around him was pretty good. He has Devonte Adams, who was consensus top five receiver in the league last right. year. Yeah, yeah top, top top three, three at least. Yeah, one for Aaron me. Jones had a great year last year. Jamal Williams as a backup is great. His offensive line he has Bakhtiari. He got hurt later in the year, but. You can't really ask for much more realistically, in my opinion. And Aaron Rodgers still couldn't win the late games. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, the one thing that Aaron Rodgers hasn't had in his career, I think now having Devontae Adams kind of helps. But I don't. I mean, you could argue that he's never really had like a top tier receiver before this. It doesn't matter. But, he had Jordy yeah. Nelson and Randall Cobb. People underrated Randall Cobb, one of my favorite receivers, in since. I've been paying attention to football. Yeah. Jordy Nelson was his go-to. That was like Brady's Edelman. And I'd argue that Jordy Nelson had a lot better seasons than Edelman almost every year, uh, excluding yeah. the playoffs. Jordy Nelson, realistically, I, I'm in between on Edelman making the Hall of Fame. If Edelman does, Jordy Nelson should. That's how I feel about that. Yeah. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers would always have these guys. And if you want to blame this last playoff run on the coaching, I'd understand. It's LaFleur's first time there. And he didn't make a great decision that really cost them that uh, that playoff game yeah. uh, towards the end. But at the same time, Aaron Rodgers is an amazing quarterback. I give that to him. MVP last year deserved it too, and I don't even like him. But in a playoff game like that where you're supposed to win, and it's always the Packers are supposed to win. You always see when people, analysts project who's going to make the Super Bowl once the playoffs start. The easy pick's always the Packers. Well, it was Brady it, versus Rodgers yeah. the past five years. Everyone always says, it, it, people either pick the Packers or the Saints, Yeah. and people always picked Brady. But last year, it was always, it's going to be the Bucks or the Packers, and most people leaned Packers. I don't know. I mean, he's a great player, but it seems like you need to build a superstar team around him to get what you want, because when you build a pretty good one, apparently that's not good enough. I don't know. Well, I mean, we saw in that playoff game, he had three chances to go down and do something. They just didn't do anything. I think in a couple years, I would say probably about 10, when Mahomes retires, I think obviously we'll have Mahomes as the most skilled quarterback. Yeah. I would say even before he retires. Yeah. But I think as of right now, Rodgers, I would say definitely top 15 quarterbacks, maybe even top 10, just because he has that MVP as the Super Bowl, and he's still a great quarterback. But I think overall, I just never really liked him. He always had that, like... It always seemed like he needed it to be his way or he wouldn't do anything. Yeah, one thing I want to touch on with that is trade packages for Aaron Rodgers. He's disgruntled. You're going to see it, obviously. That's what sports media does. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't done it. You know, it's just it gets people talking and it's interesting for the most part. But what I'm thinking is Aaron Rodgers, he wants a fresh start and he wants a better team around him. Who's trading for him that has a better team around him? 
his destinations that people always talk about are Washington, Denver, and what? Like the Raiders? Yeah, are, are any of those teams better than Green Bay right now? I'd take Jordan Love and Green Bay over some of those teams that he's getting projected to. Yeah. You, you, If you really want to plug and play Aaron Rodgers, yeah, it's going to make your team better. You're getting the MVP. If your team's not better than the Packers right now, why would you want him? Unless you're betting on your team being better than the Packers, which you can only say about five or so teams. Yeah. But those five or so teams already have a quarterback. I'm just saying, you get Aaron Rodgers, it gets you some fans, it gets you some money. People are talking about you all of a sudden. Does it win you a championship? I mean, you would think the MVP should. In almost any other sport, you get the MVP on an already decent team. Your championship favorites? I, I don't see it. I, I mean, I think the most like the teams that would need him the most that would actually benefit from him probably the Rams, Patriots, and 49ers. And none of those teams want a quarterback. Yeah. He would easily go in there and make them Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, but, but obviously he's not going to go to any of those. But the Rams found their guy in Stafford. Yeah. The well, Pats are... Well, no, but I yeah. mean, he's not better than Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. he fits their timeline. Yeah. And then the Pats are going to try out Mac Jones, which, I mean, they could take Aaron Rodgers, but it doesn't fit their timeline. The Pats can't win a championship this year. And the 49ers got And the 49ers Lance. got Trey Lance for the future, and they have a placeholder, at least in Garoppolo. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I wish the best for Aaron Rodgers because I think he's a really talented quarterback, but yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm not seeing this most skilled quarterback of all time thing. I, I, I can't do that. I think the part about him is that it seems like the media is, most of the media is always for him, it seems like. We've seen guys, like, before obviously we knew Odell did stuff and stuff like that, but when he said that he wanted to be gone, he was seen as, like, a bad guy. It seems like everyone's on Roger's side right now. I mean, Aaron Rodgers called his GM... Uh, what's his name? Kraus or whatever? Yeah, from the Jerry Kraus. Yeah. yeah. He probably watched the documentary before and he's like, oh yeah, I'm <laughs> going to say this. But, I'm, I mean, I don't know. It seems like Aaron Rodgers is the good guy in this situation where, I mean, he has a team built around him. The team is very good and he can't get it done and now he's upset that the team isn't doing enough. That's got to be one of the worst parts of sports media. I know we're literally in it right now, but we're not at the top. We're not getting paid to say anything we yeah. say what we're, we're, we're saying what we're yeah thinking. we're saying we what don't we're get thinking. paid by cbs to make for real and we don't have to pretend to disagree yeah. on stuff honestly i think the media they choose certain guys that you they make head cases it depends it totally depends on the person and i don't know people say it's biased for whatever reasons people think it's biased but you have to admit there are some people that do the same things as other players, whether it be requesting a trade, talking bad about their management, dissing their players, they're viewed very differently based on how the media perceives them. And people like Aaron Rodgers, people this most skilled quarterback of all thing, it's like people say, yeah, well, Kanye's the best rapper, but Kendrick's the most skilled rapper. It's like, shut up, just say which one, you know, say which one's better. And that's all up to opinion. People do that same sort of thing with Rodgers being the most skilled, and it's like, it gives him a good rep, and I know we're two of the only people that really dislike Rodgers. A lot of people like Rodgers, so people just say, man, Green Bay's ruining this. You know, Jordan Love, what are they doing? And like you were saying with Odell, Odell does the same sort of thing, and just because Odell does, like, TikTok dances and is a little more outspoken, yeah, it's just viewed completely differently. I don't know. I think even relating it to another sport, like you kind of did with music, Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Jimmy Butler yeah. had always been that guy, like... He had, some people would say, I, I would say most people were upset with him when he got in all those fights with his teammates and stuff, but then there's the small amount of people that see that there's a fire in him. He wants to be a winner. Now he's in Miami. Now they did good last year, made it all the way to the finals. You didn't hear about him. You only hear, there's certain people like him and Odell, two guys off the top, that you only hear when there's something wrong going on. Yeah. When they're winning and they're succeeding, you don't hear about it. Hey, I mean, that's like those Clippers, um, Paul George and PG. Exactly, just like Paul George and PG, Kawhi and PG, (laughs) same sort of thing. You know, it's just like, it's crazy. But yeah, anyways, moving on from the Aaron Rodgers, a little hate train we got for a minute, you know, still amazing quarterback, not going to go too Still overrated. (laughs) He's the Eminem of football. Hey, you're right. Uh, Let's talk about the Tim Tebow signing. Definitely the most random thing we see in the minute. Tim Tebow hasn't taken an NFL snap in since 2012 it was. 2015. 2015. Not an actual in-game 
the snap. Yeah, so Tim Tebow, uh, I remember when he was in New England, they tried him out at tight end a little bit. They were trying to do a lot with him. Uh, he took some time off. He did baseball. He did golf for a weird stretch. You know, he's been doing stuff. Uh, he's back in Jacksonville on a minimum for a tight end. Uh, One-year deal. Yeah, one year. You know, they're trying him out. And, hey, he's getting a chance. Uh, all I got to say about it, I mean, he's a professional, world-class athlete. If Jacksonville thinks they can make something out of him in a different position, go for it. If it works, it wor- it's people are talking like Jacksonville just made an awful decision. And if it if the players don't like it, I can see it being a bad decision. But overall, if it doesn't work out, you don't sign him again. And if it does... You, you, you do literally you sign just yeah. cut him tomorrow. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a it's a one year contract. If he's lazy in the off season or something, or if he's just not ready, or if yeah. he's just not a tight end, he's getting paid just less than a million dollars. It's, it's not like your cap hit's gonna your cap hit's. I'm I bet a lot of money is cap hit zero. I'd say they'll probably so, make more money selling yeah. his jerseys than he's going to be making. Exactly, and Tebow. I mean, I I have no hate on the guy. I I thought he was one of, the, you know, he's easily one of the most electrifying college football players ever. You know, hey, if he's good, he's good. If he sucks, it's not like they ruined anything to get him, you know. And he's in Jacksonville, and they have the number one pick. There's a lot of talk on him, a lot of buzz. Why don't you rise the buzz? And, I mean, what? there's not much going on with that, you know. I don't know. I I don't mind the signing. It's not going to make or break a team. Just getting more people talking about a team that people are already finally talking about. Yeah. I think... um... Another thing that we can touch on that is we saw two people, notably Des Bryant, was upset with this signing. He said uh, Colin Kaepernick has been out of the league and then um, for however many years now without yeah. anyone reaching out to him. But then Tim Tebow can just come back five to ten years later without taking a snap and he just gets signed immediately. I think the difference between these two is that Colin Kaepernick was offered contracts by teams and he declined them tim tebow changed positions he did whatever he could to get back into the game and we have to remember tim tebow was i mean urban meyer was his coach it's not like he just randomly got signed like if he got signed by the like i don't even know the raiders that would be weird but urban meyer is trying to do everything he can right now and i think also part of this is also publicity that's obvious because it's tim tebow um, I think it's interesting, though, that we get to see Tim Tebow and Zach Wilson play together now at the same time in the league. Yeah. They come back right at the perfect time, <laughs> the boys. Yeah, the most religious fellas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I heard Des Bryant was a little upset. I think he was also talking about he was upset that he wasn't signed. But Des Bryant, I mean, played on the Saints. You got hurt. You recovered. You got signed to the Ravens. And was an absolute bum. Yeah, I mean... I'm I'm for everybody making their case in the NFL. If the Jaguars thought they could have used Kaepernick at tight end, I'm cool with it. You know, I have nothing wrong with his political agenda or to anyone's. Honestly, I don't care. So I mean, I I I'd like to see Kaepernick make his way back if a team thinks they could use him. I'd like to see anyone, especially people. I like seeing guys take some time off and come back and perform. So I mean. It's going to be cool. I'm rooting for Tebow, and I'd root for Kaepernick, too, honestly, just because I don't care about that stuff. I I don't think I would say 0% of this is political at all, but, you know, that's just how it's made out to be. Des Bryant, I mean, yeah. That's the world. It goes both ways, too. It's Everything's a little too political, and, Paul, you know, people in sports, everyone has political opinions, including people in sports. People say, I don't want sports and politics to mix, and I'm like, I don't think anyone does, but... There's a point. People that play sports are people, and people have political opinions. Yeah. Shit happens. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Tebow to the Jaguars, it's interesting for sure. It's definitely something that we had to touch on a little yeah, bit. It's not like this is going to... Yeah. He might not even play. No, yeah, yeah I, he we, might not get a this jersey. This is probably the biggest news yeah. that we've seen since the we're, draft. We're post-draft, guys. Yeah. Give us a break. Uh, yeah, and touching... Let's get back to the draft a little, because that's what we love to talk about, even though Cam gets mad at us. Uh, so for the offensive and defensive rookie of the year, we're going to touch on it a little. Uh, first, I think we both want to mention our favorites and then someone that we think is underrated. You can start. All right. So for my offensive rookie of the year, I have Kadarius Tony. For my defensive, I have Aziz Ojolari. Um, they, one of them might win the Super Bowl MVP too. We'll see what happens. I think, uh, honestly, for offensive rookie of the year, it's kind of hard because last year, um, Obviously, you look at it, you say Joe Burrow is going to win. Yeah. But Joe Burrow got hurt. And 
I mean, this year you obviously see Trevor Lawrence. I think it would be, I think we'll both probably have Trevor Lawrence as our favorite, but I mean, we could probably both do one that we think besides Trevor Lawrence, I guess, because my favorite wouldn't be Trevor Lawrence personally. He'd be my second favorite though. You know, people want to sound different, but I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a reason he went number one. He's in a good position too. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I think for me personally, I I don't really see Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I don't see either one of those guys being in because I don't see them there's starting. No, there's no one. guarantee they play all yeah. 16 games. And, I mean, I don't really see – I think Zach Wilson will be good. I mean, I said he will probably win an MVP in the next five years. I think he'll have a tough first year. Yeah. Personally, we've talked about it before. It's I, I see nothing wrong with taking a guy from a, a like not top 10 school or anything. Yeah. You know, it's all about talent end of the day. But that being said, in year one, a transition from Coastal Carolina to, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, it's going to be tough. Yeah. But So I think, obviously, besides Trevor Lawrence, because I think he's my obvious favorite, because out of the top five quarterbacks, I just don't really see any of the other four winning. I would say you could probably make a case for, I would say Kyle Pitts probably has a better chance than Jamar Chase, just because he's going to be put in Atlanta, and he's going to get the ball fed to him, especially because Julio Jones at this point doesn't know how to find the end zone, and Kyle Pitts, I guarantee, will have 10 touchdowns within the 10-yard line, I mean, that's like Mike Evans last year. Hayden Hurst played amazing last yeah. year, and they still went tight end, which proves that Hayden Hurst wasn't the answer. It's just Matt Ryan loves the tight end. And Dan Quinn's scheme gets the tight end open, which I mean, I'll respect. You run a scheme where you get your tight end open and you pick a guy that's already looking to be one of the better tight ends in the league this year, hopefully. Yeah, I, for that reason, I will also say Pitts is my favorite. I have Tua number two. And another guy uh, drafted at the back end of the first round that a lot of people like is Najee Harris. It's just yeah. you come in, you're the starting running back on, a, on an NFL team that already boosts your chances like crazy. Because he's the only running back drafted that we know is going to be the powerhouse to start out with. Uh, Just to go on the defensive side, I think this one's kind of harder to pick just because... This one's tough, yeah. Especially with rookies, it seems like for the cornerback side at least, uh, people, we always see cornerbacks usually take at least two years to develop and even be kind of decent. I mean, I would say mostly all rookie cornerbacks besides there's a few exceptions most of them they usually get cooked in the first year just because the transition from the nfl uh like from college to the nfl is just so different so i think that gives the edge to linebackers and edge rushers so i mean a couple guys you have micah parsons i think him going into that linebacking core with van der esch jalen smith and obviously sean lee is gone but i could still i feel like sean lee will have a role in the Cowboys, I feel like he could probably go there and be that's a linebacker's a linebacker. coach. Yeah. yeah, and I think even him just being around those guys, even if he doesn't play too much his first year, I think I think he will. But even if he ends up getting hurt or something, just him being around those guys in his first year Van, is great for him. Van Der Esch and Smith always have injury history. You never want to bank on injuries. Yeah, I hope they're perfectly fine. But the fact of the matter is, there's a pretty decent chance that Micah Parsons will not only be playing a rotational role, he'll probably be starting by the latter half of the season, yeah. whether he earns it or, you know, gets it through injury or both, you know. Yeah, uh, I'd probably, uh, my favorite for that would probably have to be, I guess Mike is the favorite, but I really truly do think uh, Jalen Phillips will win it. Uh, that's another guy plagued by injuries, but he's just such an electric pass rusher and he can set the edge he can set the edge pretty decently but i really like the way he can get to the quarterback and sacks especially by nfl fans they love sacks you saw tj watt last year he didn't win it and people were were losing it because he got so many sacks and legitimately he probably deserved it we did talk about that one of our earlier episodes but i'd say i like Jalen phillips shot a lot he's in miami he stays from you know played at university of miami he's on the dolphins right now and i yeah i like the dolphins linebacking core i like their interior i'm a big christian wilkins fan for really no good reason and they lost Godshaw to the pats so i like him filling in on that edge putting a guy like jane jalen oh jalen phillips i think it could work if i can say his name right you know I hope I'll be saying it again when we talk about the defensive rookie of the year next year. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, 
Another player you could look for on that list is his teammate Gregor Rousseau. Uh, we talked about this before. You either love him or you hate him. I think I don't think he'll be very good, but I think he could also be on the list. You also have uh, Zaven Collins and Jamin Davis. I don't think Davis will be very good either. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I like he Davis. plays for the Washington football team, so I hope he doesn't do that good either. <laughs> and obviously, I have to talk about Aziz just because uh, I'm a Georgia fan and a Giants fan, so obviously yeah. I think he's going to do good. But I think him, I mean, watching him in college, that defense, I think we'll look back in a couple years and say how good that defense was because, honestly, that Georgia defense the past three years was top five in almost every stat every single year, and he is a big part of that. I mean, they had a history of not really having great linebackers, and in the past five years they've had great guys coming out of there. Like yep. Roquan Smith. Yeah. And I think he'll be great for the Giants just because they have that need. They need linebackers badly, and they haven't really had a really good edge rusher in a long time. They have, I mean, they run three nose tackles, basically. And I think Ojolari will be great fitting in there, and he'll have a big role. So I think that's why he's one of my favorites, just because he'll be playing a lot. Kind of like him and Micah Parsons, if Parsons plays a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh yeah, a lot of good points. It's so far out, but that's what makes yeah. it fun because we talk about it now. It's like the people that do those way too early mock drafts. It's like if you get a couple of them right, you feel really good about yourself, and that's about it. Because I guarantee one of the top three guys in both offensive and defensive is either going to be undrafted or from the seventh round, like James Robinson last year. Yeah, it's easily. I'm taking a, guy, a random guy in the fifth round is going to be top three, I'd say, almost positively. Uh, yeah, I mean... Let's talk a little bit about college football. Uh, we just wrote down the note college football, so we're kind of going to spitball a little. Uh, I think now we're so far out, so it's obvious that uh, there's not a single quarterback prospect. Last year, at this point, everyone knew Trevor Lawrence, so it was a little different. This year, it's more open. Uh, yeah, I think the two guys we should touch on for quarterback are Spencer Rattler, who's out of Oklahoma, and Sam Howell in North Carolina. Uh, you can start with Spencer Rattler. Yeah, so uh, as Colin knows, Spencer Rattler has been uh, my boy since day one. Ever since uh, he was playing in high school, he was uh, also in the QB1 documentary, so it was kind of cool because I remember watching some of his games and then also seeing him in the documentary. I know um, Colin isn't a huge fan of him, but I think uh, Spencer Rattler, I think he has this determination in the game. He obviously loves to play the game, so I think him going to a college like Oklahoma, which has been, I would say, the top quarterback college in the past five years. I mean, there's, I don't think there's a doubt about no, that. No way. And him being in that good system, I think he'll do great this year. I personally think he's the best quarterback right now. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it goes because I think this year, well, next year, obviously, but I guess the draft will just be, uh, depending on who's in the top seeds, it's going to be the top two quarterbacks, and then there's so many great defensive players. Yeah. But there's also going to be some great receivers emerging, too. So it's kind of hard to say where we think the mock draft's going to go, especially because we have no idea yeah. how teams are going to do. But I think the top two quarterbacks, him and Howell, and then there's some guys further down a little bit. I think JT Daniels, though, uh, he'll do great this year. So I think he could Georgia. definitely sneak in there. Nah. Yeah. I think especially when they win the national championship, they'll get a lot of attention this year. <laughs> right, or when they lose week one. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> not going to happen, so. Uh, yeah, so I want to touch on Howell, North Carolina quarterback. Not a lot of recent good history or really any good history with that. Mitch Trubinsky is the guy that's being referred to here. Yeah, Big money and Mitch. just the overall yeah. college. Yeah. Always been the B college in that state. <laughs> Duke basketball fan. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sam Howell, I think people compare him to Baker because he looks like Baker, but I mean... I think that's probably it, the only Yeah, comparison. it's the really only, only reason. Uh, they have a couple of things in common. He reminds me of like a... I don't know. It's really far out. I've only seen a couple of his games, but I'll, I'll give you a better comparison a couple months in. Uh, a guy I actually want to touch on more that I kind of forgot to mention is Malik Willis out of Liberty. He's their quarterback. Liberty is one of those schools where it's like, they have a football team. Like, who cares? Last year, they played really well. And I think Malik Willis is a guy... You always see one of those quarterbacks from 
maybe not a small school, but a smaller on the college football end spectrum, rise up draft boards. This year it was Zach Wilson, BYU. They're not a powerhouse for football, but they're respectable. And Zach Wilson had the fundamentals. He played amazing and he rose up the board. I think Malik Wills is a guy that will do something like that. And I hope so. He's he's my favorite out of these quarterbacks. Uh, I don't like Rattler that much. I hope, I hope he grows on me. I'm not going to just hate him blindly for no reason. Yeah. But he's, in my opinion, the best, I'd say for sure. I think by the end of the year, we get Rattler. And I hope, I hope I'm right about Willis. Because, you know, I'm not convinced he's the guy. I definitely have to see more. But I've yeah. really liked everything I've seen. So, yeah, for like really early, I wouldn't call it a prediction. But what I like what I'm seeing out of Willis. And if he rises up the draft board, you know, and, you know, I'm a team picking up there. Yeah. He's, he's a guy I like right now. Super early. Also, uh, I think his name first name is Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, edge at Oregon is one of the most insane edge rushers that's been in the draft for a minute. I mean, people love Chase Young, but he is only a little bit under or about equal to Chase Young right now. I hope he has a great year. So far out, college football, I'm a Tennessee fan. You're not going to hear from me. (laughs) Yeah, shit sucks. But, hey, we're not playing Garantano anymore. Yeah, I think another player, just one of the big guys to – put out there is Stingley from LSU. Yeah, yeah. I think he's probably one of the best cornerbacks I've watched in a while. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how he develops this year because I feel like cornerbacks, especially going into their final year, because obviously I think he'll be a junior this year, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so this will be his last year, probably. I mean, we always bet that most of the top players leave unless, the junior year. Unless, Stingley, unless you're Justin Herbert. Unless but, Stingley gets hurt, Yeah, he, he is coming out for sure. But I feel like we always have those cornerbacks that are expected to go in the top five, top ten, and they either have a really good year and set themselves apart, or they just have an awful year. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. But I think, I mean, right now, he's probably one of the best cornerbacks I've watched in college football in a while. Yeah. And it's always interesting to see because we see all these rankings of all these colleges. Obviously, you'll have the top colleges, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, stuff like that. But then there's always like five colleges that sneak into the power rankings each year. So it'll be interesting to see who comes back because we always have teams like Miami and Texas who are always up there, but yeah. they always fall down. They're always ranked in the top 10 the first couple weeks because they beat weird opponents. They also get some really weirdly shaped schedule. This is the first time I see Miami play a really good team week one in a while. Don't they play Alabama week one? Am I bugging about that? I don't I'm pretty know. sure they're playing Alabama week one. Yeah, and I think yeah, because SEC and ACC and people, you know, they'd love to see a shocker right there. And yeah. hey, I mean, if Miami does it, keep them up there for yeah, you know. But usually Miami kind of rides out until like four weeks, then they play a tough team, go down, then beat some other decent teams and land at like sixteen, seventeen. You know, yeah. College football, it's it's a lot less predict. I mean, there's some things that are a lot more predictable than the NFL, yeah. like. Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State. But those middle-of-the-pack teams, that's where players draft grades and honestly just the fun of college football is for a lot of teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that'll probably wrap it up for the NFL. Uh, moving on to boxing. I'll get straight to it. I don't know much about boxing. I'm just going to be the mediator here. But not only does Banning pay close attention, he's also very opinionated. So, yeah, we're going to get straight into it. Start with the uh, Canelo fight. Straight up. Yeah, so... Uh... I guess Colin will be the mediator here between me and uh, myself. Yep. So. <laughs> I think obvi- what you said about uh, opinionated, I think that's probably a great way to put it, especially in boxing, because so much of boxing just comes from who people like. Yeah. And I think the reason why, obviously Canelo is the best fighter in the world right now. He's not American, so I think that's one of the reasons why not a lot of people really know too much about him. Because, I mean, his post interviews obviously he gives them in spanish and there's a translator i like in the 90s when you would have most of the champions being american i think that kind of made more people interested in it just because it i guess not more likable but kind of more relatable when you see some guy from a small town go beat the best fighter in the world but the most recent fight canelo was in he won in the eighth round he uh hit a nasty uh hook and broke um, his opponent's orbital bone, which uh, we don't really see too often. But, I mean, it was a good fight from Canelo. It was uh, very interesting to watch, though, because Canelo goes into every fight, it seems like. 
and he goes in knowing that he's going to win, which, I mean, he shouldn't have any doubt, especially because most of the guys he's fought recently. At his weight class, there isn't too many heavy hitters at this point, but going into this fight, um, Billy Joe Saunders, his opponent, was talking a lot of trash to him, which most people don't do because um, they know they're going to lose. But he was very confident that he was going to win. So when Canelo was really thriving, because most of the time, the first six rounds, Canelo loses probably half of them. He's going to win the fight, but he loses the first half. He gets his opponent tired, and he looks to see how they're doing. In the eighth round, when we obviously saw him rallying, he was uh, egging the crowd on, which we usually never see from him, just because he always just stays serious in the ring and always tries to end it. In his last fight, it went 12 rounds, and we didn't see any of that happen. So it was kind of interesting just to see something like that happen. And the next fight for Canelo now is, I mean, he has four of the five belts at the 168-pound class, so he's going for that fifth belt. I'm pretty sure that would make him the first Mexican fighter to have all five belts. I think you have to have three of the five or two of the four recognized ones to be unified, but this would be the first time that really in a while where a fighter has had all five. So it's kind of interesting to see. They're trying to do that in the heavyweight division too, which we'll talk about a little bit, but I think it's just, it's cool to see boxing finally coming back, especially with um, celebrities fighting too. It's good to see that we finally have real fights going on. And just another note too, there are 70,000 people. That was the biggest indoor boxing event in uh, US history. Yeah, kind of cool. It's insane. Uh, we're finally, for some, moving out of this COVID era. Yeah, they were in Texas, yeah. just to yeah, yeah. point that out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, you know, hopefully not a big COVID strike there or anything. Hopefully we're moving out of... I don't think the numbers video. will be reported. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, uh, moving on to the next thing. That was a very serious, like actually important fight now let's talk about these two bums actually sorry well let's well, talk about well, let's talk well. about these two bums and the best fighter of all time yeah boxer of all time so sorry i wasn't referring to mayweather i'm talking about these two bums logan and jake paul okay. you know them from youtube you know them from disney channel you know them from you know going to the woods in china you know this is how you, yeah i'm you know I'm a teenager. Big fan. I'm a right teenager here. from the Northeast. If I get canceled, it helps no one. Uh, yeah, so these bums, they're talking all this trash to Mayweather, who is the most insane boxer I've ever seen, just in general. Uh, Banning, you know, always says, you know, he's the GOAT, stuff like that. And that's uh, what I'm catching is that that's not the least popular opinion ever. Yeah, you know? I would, I mean... Mayweather is also the most hated fighter yeah. probably ever, but I think most people recognize him at least in the top five, if not the top three. So, so. yeah, so Mayweather's fighting uh, Jake Paul, correct? Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Yeah. He's fighting Logan Paul. Uh, Logan Paul's probably going to die. And uh, so we had that beef with Jake Paul where he like took his hat and got rocked by him. Is that right? Yeah, got okay. your hat. Yeah, yeah. So Jake <laughs> Paul, he takes Mayweather's hat. He's like, I got your hat. That, I mean, I I that, think everyone yeah. kind of found that video a little bit funny. Yeah, least. and then after that, he's posting on Twitter like, oh, one of his bodyguards got me. And then you see Mayweather's wife post a video of Mayweather himself just smacking him. And I haven't heard from Jake since. I don't know what he's saying about that. But, yeah, uh, I'd take Mayweather uh, to knock out uh, Logan Paul first. 10 seconds and then immediately they bring Jake Paul onto the stage and he does the same thing. They were talking They're, about fighting yeah, both, both of them the in the same night. night. Yeah, and uh, I don't blame Mayweather for not wanting to do that. He prepares for a fight. He doesn't prepare for two. Yeah. It's not fair. Just in general, but he could do it. I'm just saying. I, I can't call him a... You know, People are going to be like, oh, he's a wuss. He won't fight both. He could. And if you think he couldn't, you're a dumbass, in my opinion. Uh, it's just like... I don't know. I personally, I think it's good for the sport for casual fans, but Banning, talk about it, you know, you're a little more invested than I am. I think I've always been a fan, especially because watching this from the start, um, just seeing the YouTube boxing scene kind of blow up. I mean, I was a, I've always kind of been a fan as KSI as a creator, and obviously he was the first to start this whole thing and then this kind of blossomed into this happening which I don't think anyone saw a couple <laughs> years ago 
especially if you said Logan Paul would be fighting Floyd Mayweather. I think overall, in my opinion, I think it's good for the sport, but it also depends on how you market it. If you market this as a big time boxing event, that's bad because it's not really a boxing event. It's two people boxing having an event. Yeah, it's not, exactly. So I can see where a guy like Canelo would be upset with this going on. But also, Moneybags Mayweather had to come yeah. through and get a... Get he a knows he's going to get a yeah. lot of money from this. So I think it's a smart money move from Mayweather. And I think him fighting Logan Paul, the thing is, I... I mean, at this point in his career, I really, I think Logan Paul has definitely matured a lot. Um, I still hate Jake Paul, though. Yeah. Like, I think if Logan Paul somehow won this fight, I wouldn't be upset. I think if Jake Paul beat Mayweather, yeah. I'd be very upset. Just because I think, I mean, we saw this happen. Logan Paul is going into this fight, and he's, uh, I mean, he's dialed in. He said he's going to knock him out, which, obviously, if he's fighting someone, yeah. I think if You gotta anyone, say that, yeah. right? But also, I mean... Here's my opinion. If you want to bet, bet on Logan Paul. And my reason for that is because he's not going to win. But you got to hear me out. I would place, if you have $5 to throw down, the odds are so good of the fight being rigged. I'm sorry. I hate to diminish this at all. But if Mayweather, if there's one thing he's known for outside of his skill, it's his money. If they're going to pay Mayweather so much to throw this i feel like he could i don't know well this, yeah you yeah. have to note too it's an yeah. exhibition this yeah. will not count it won't on his count record. it won't count towards his record at all and the odds are so against logan paul because they should be there's nothing vegas should do about that it's not they shouldn't make it close they shouldn't do anything like that but i'd bet on this fight being rigged before i'd bet on mayweather just because you're not making any money back if you do that so I guess that's my investment tip of the day. Vote on the person you don't think is going to win. Just yeah, shout out Mr. Yeah. Polino. Just hear me out on that one, guys. Yeah. Uh, anyways, let's talk more about real stuff. Uh, boxing. Uh, uh, in the note here, Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury. I don't know who Anthony Joshua is, and that's no hate towards him. It's because I'm a dumbass. But banning, you know, take it away from there. So uh, this fight uh, was actually... It was supposed to be in May, it was supposed to be in June, but today, as we're recording this, we just got word. It is uh, not official, but as close as it can be, which in sports media means that it is going to be, but it's just not official. I feel like we hear that statement almost every day, depending on what it is. But it is either going to take place August 7th or 14th in Saudi Arabia, because Saudi Arabia has a lot of money, and it seems like a lot of boxing events and even UFC has been going on there, which is, uh, I guess it's cool to see, just to see a different scene. Yeah, I didn't even know that. That's interesting, actually. But these are uh, probably, I would say, the two biggest fighters right now, just because they're heavyweights, so it seems like the majority of people like to watch heavyweights more than other weight classes just because there's more of a history in it too just because if you ask someone to name boxers besides Floyd Mayweather I guarantee all of them would be heavyweights you got obviously or Mike Manny Tyson. Pacquiao yeah that's the only other one I can think about but I mean these two fighting it's been a long time coming uh Fury fought against Wilder and beat him in their uh rematch and Wilder is still... Fury's a big dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> Wilder still wants his rematch, but I don't know when that'll happen. But uh, I think it'll be a good fight, especially for the sport, because when Fury and uh, Wilder fought, we saw... I think that was one of the most streamed boxing events in a long time. I watched that fight, and I don't watch that many fights. I watched that with my dad, and my dad's a big Tyson Fury fan. Just throwing that one out there. Shout out, Chris. Yeah. I think Tyson Fury <laughs> right now, it's I've, obviously he's not better than Canelo, but I'd say he's probably one of the top boxers right now. And it's kind of weird thinking about that because he was over 300 pounds a couple years ago and then he kind of came back. I liked Wilder a lot going into that fight. He yeah. was my boy, so it was kind of sad to see him lose. I was ruined for Wilder too. Yeah, but especially, I mean, this is great for the sport too, just because heavyweights draw in more people than any other weight class. So it's good to finally see these two guys fight because after this, we'll finally have the best boxer in the world besides Canelo because usually it seems like the best fighter is always the heavyweight for some reason. 
Yeah. I mean, kind of unfair advantage, but you got to give it to him. Yeah, it's just more interesting yeah. because you never really see in other weight classes, you always see that, uh, like you always have a longer fight. Some people complain about that, but heavyweights, I mean, Wilder has, I think 30, 40 first round knockouts. Yeah. Heavyweights, it takes one punch to knock them out. So I guess it's more exciting. Yeah, I mean, for a casual fan, I'd say heavyweight's the most exciting. So, be very interesting to see this happen in Saudi Arabia. And we will be live-streaming our reactions yeah. from this. Uh, we'll actually be in Saudi Arabia for yeah. the fight. They, uh, they're flying us out. Yeah, Dana White is yeah. getting me some tickets. Even though he's not affiliated with this, I'm going with him we and have, the Nelk boys. Yeah, we have special backstage passes. Uh, since Cam's not here today, he won't be able to get his. But, yeah. um, sorry, That's Cam. Weird. Yeah. So, because last time when we were talking about this, Cam said uh, that he illegally streamed the fight, and uh, Dana, Dana White... Yeah, yeah, he does not like that, so... so but it's okay, because we're friends with Dana White. Yeah, no, and Cam, you're still on the podcast, it's just, we can't bring you to Saudi Arabia. I'm sorry, dude. I don't think Cam's allowed no, out of the country, I, I either. Don't, I don't think they'd let him in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, no All offense, right. Cam. Yeah, sorry, I, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, on to the NBA... Uh, I'm keeping that part in the video. Uh, NBA, you know, we're closing down on that playoff race. Teams are finally figuring out, are you playing, are you lottery, or are you secure for these, you know, this last week. But before we start talking about that, let's talk about Westbrook. He breaks the all-time triple-double record. Manny, you can start with that. I mean, just... Yeah, I think uh, Westbrook... Uh, Westbrook, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Sometimes it just comes out. Uh he he's an interesting person because throughout his whole career he's so good but it makes it I, we've talked about this before he makes it so hard to like him i don't know why there's just because like i'm a fan of if you're really good and you want to say you're really good i'm always a fan of that i mean i'm a joel Embiid fan and that's what <laughs> yeah. he built his whole career off of but the thing about russ is that he says that he's good but he also does stuff that makes me think that he's like i don't know how to describe it like his altercations with some of the fans and stuff obviously some of them say stuff that shouldn't be said that one guy that flipped him off that is not what we're talking about yeah. I, uh, westbrook had the but right sometimes like we'll see videos of them like calling him westbrook and then he gets all mad and stuff like i don't know there's just obviously i mean he's probably the best point guard to uh stat pad in history i know a lot of people would be upset by that statement but when you push your teammates out of the way to get the rebounds it's uh i don't think he's in my top 10 point guards of all time the thing about him is that especially obviously you have to give him credit for this and i don't hate westbrook but he's just He's not my favorite player, I guess. I would put him in that kind of Aaron Rodgers role for me at this point. <laughs> I think for the first time in my life, I'm going to be the biggest Westbrook supporter on the podcast. Uh, I don't know. If you're listening to this point and you haven't heard an episode with Cam on here, Cam loves Russell Westbrook. He still you know? has the Wizards yeah. winning the finals. He's like, he, yes. Well, he said last episode they were going to win next year. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, for the first time, I'm the biggest supporter, so I'm going to say the good side of that. Westbrook... Uh, I know he's not much of a winner. He gets put in weird situations in the playoffs, and he doesn't always perform, even when he's in a good situation. You got to admit that going in. He is uh, he's as straight as the word comes, a baller. He plays the game of basketball like people are grown up to play the game. He attacks the rim, he crashes the boards, and he makes good passes to his teammates. You can't not say that about him. He does pat his stats sometimes, but I also admit... He's on teams that aren't always that good. When he's the guy, he's not on a good team almost every time. And I don't know. I'm I'm impressed. I think that's the easiest way to say it. He's not my favorite either, but you got to be impressed by this. Yeah. I think there's also a weird lane. I was kind of thinking about this earlier. The way that triple doubles are kind of set up in the NBA right now, you have two sections. You have the superstars that get the triple doubles where you have 30 points, you have 10 and 10. And then there's the other guys. The, where, the centers that make a lot of passes. Where you have guys, <laughs> like, obviously the centers, and then you have, like, Lonzo Ball, who will get 15 points, 10 and 10. Yeah. Ben Simmons, who will get 15, 10 and 10, because that's the most that they can score. And then Westbrook is kind of in between those two, so it's kind of weird sometimes to see him get, like, 15 points. I think the one, like, 
downside about Westbrook overall because obviously if he was scoring 30 every time he did this there would be no doubt that he was one of the best players of all time but the fact that he kind of struggles scoring especially from three it's kind of it kind of knocks him down a little bit that's kind of the one knock on his game that most people have it's what people talked about him going into the draft when he was picked it was he's amazing if he can develop a jumper at the second level he'll be great and I, I, I'm i going to preface this. I would never compare his jumper to Ben Simmons. But that's what people say about Ben Simmons when he comes in. And it's like, you see Westbrook, and he made a lane for himself where he's an amazing player. There's a, obviously years in the league where he was the best point guard in the league when he won the MVP. Yeah. And, you know, he made a lane for himself where he didn't have that great of a jumper, but he still dominated. And that's what... Originally, I would say I want Ben Simmons to develop a jumper. But I think it's more realistic for Ben Simmons to try to develop along those Russell Westbrook lines. Yeah. He's a lot taller. He's less explosive, even though I'd say Simmons is pretty explosive. He's, right, le- yeah. he's less explosive. He's more defense-oriented. Yeah, I would yeah. say Westbrook's probably the most explosive yeah. player. In oh, yeah. Ever. yeah. I mean, like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, Westbrook, he never developed that jumper, but he found a way to make it work. And, you know, although he's not much of a winner and... Uh, it's yeah, I agree. It is kind of hard to root for him sometimes. Yeah. And whether he pads the stats or not, he still has a lot of playing time left. Maybe not a lot, but he's got like five. Shout years. out the boy still. Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, really impressive. I no one breaks a record unless it's like most turnovers or something stupid like that. And you say, man, overrated because you can't. He's literally number one. So yeah. he's not. People say he's not the triple double god. I'm sorry, Oscar Robertson. Yes, he is. And I know old heads are going to be mad. Grandpa, if you're listening, sorry, man. But, like, you know, Russell Westbrook, he's the best at getting triple-doubles, whether you say he chased it or didn't deserve it, whatever. And, honestly, sometimes that's a valid statement. He's the best at it. Yeah. And so his name is literally in the history books. And, hey, we'll remember that. Yeah. So shout-out him. Shout-out to Westbrook. Staying in Cam's favorite NBA city, we have uh, Mr. Beal. Um, He got in a little altercation with uh, Kent Bazemore. If you don't know who that is, then I don't blame you. We were back here a couple episodes ago, and I was talking about how much I like Kent Bazemore. Yeah, And now, um, Kent, I I shouted you out. This is probably the biggest podcast to ever talk about you. (laughs) We, We sometimes shift between 200 and 195 followers on Instagram, so... It's really saying a lot, man. I was trying to help you out. Maybe people would buy a jersey or something. I don't know if they make your jersey, but anyways, man, you want to break down what he actually said before I start going in on it? So, I mean, to keep it concise, because Bradley Beal, Mr. Beal, he, yes, (laughs) at Real Deal Beal, he uh, (laughs) tweeted a lot out. So basically what he said, I'm not really sure what Kent Bazemore said, honestly, because... Kent, Kent Bazemore, I'll preface what Kent said. Kent was asked about Steph Curry. The two leaders in the scoring race this year are Steph Curry and Bradley Beal, which isn't super... People expected that. Uh, A reporter asked Kent after the game, how do you feel about Steph Curry? And he's like, yeah, man. Uh, You know, Steph Curry, he's he's the best. I mean, we got people out here, you know... What's Bradley Beal out for an injury for? It's like... I think he said people like... Uh, not tearing, but like they're pulling, little, pulling, pulling their hamstrings. He's like, yeah, we got people pulling their hamstrings out, chasing it right now. Yeah. And Bradley Beal, they're playing, they're playing the Warrior or the Wizards. And Bradley Beal's like, well, I, I can read. Yeah, the, uh, well, let me read this tweet. Bra- real basically, though, Bradley Beal's like, I know that's about me, Kent Bazemore. You're a sack of shit. Yeah. So this is uh what he said at 24 Bazemore. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know about me, bruh. You don't know why I go out there and play it. And it damn sure ain't for another man's approval. You a straight lame. But it don't surprise me coming from you. That's what you type do with a lot of exclamation points. Lol, should I let him live or really go off? (laughs) And then he at Kent Bazemore with a uh, picture of a clown (laughs) and said, It's funny you say that because your man's admittedly checked my numbers before the game, but I'm chasing. So, I mean, I think... I don't really, I don't know if Steph Curry actually said that because I don't really pay attention to what Steph Curry says in post-game interviews. 
too often. I'm He could have said that. I feel like Steph Curry definitely didn't go in an interview and say, yeah, I saw Bradley Beal's numbers. I'm going for more points than him. Yeah, he probably said something nah, like that. Steph Curry, he's been joking around like crazy lately. I think he said something like, man, I was looking at Beal's numbers, and that you know, looks like I got to go crazy or something like that. Yeah. And it's like Curry said that in a way to not diss Bradley Beal. Uh, Curry is one of those guys where he doesn't he gets a little angry sometimes but he doesn't really go at people yeah. uh, Mr. Beal though yeah I know Bradley Beal uh, yeah I mean I get it uh, it was a direct shot at Beal and he was pissed uh, from St. Louis him and Tatum and they both Tatum calmed down once he got drafted but they both talked a lot of shit and it's like Bazemore I mean Drake said it best bench players talking like starters and I like Bazemore more than I think most people because most people don't know who he is. And like, it's totally fine to be an NBA player and have no one know who you are because you're still a top 450 basketball player in the world. Yeah. And Bazemore, he's really not that bad. He's probably top 300 because he, he, he does too. start on the Warriors team and he's all right, you know. But I mean, Bazemore, I, do, do you want Steph Curry to pay attention to you? Do you want to get invited to like you know his jersey retirement or something i don't understand there was no need to hype up someone that you've played with for one year so much to tear down someone that what i'm getting from these tweets just all his only opinion about you is that you're a lame (laughs) that's all i'm getting and it's like you a straight clown you straight he's not surprised though that's That's, what that's, that's what his type do you know it's like i totally get bradley Beal being frustrated it's a direct shot that Bazemore took I don't know if he intended to get clout from it, but he didn't intend for everyone to be like, oh, good point, Bazemore. <laughs> you know, people going on ESPN like, man, Bazemore really said it best. You know, it's stupid. NBA Twitter are two things that come together a lot that I don't know why. I mean, I know why, but you see it way too often. Yeah. So, I mean, just to go over that a little bit, because seems like Mr. Beal was not so happy with that. And especially, <laughs> yeah. we got to talk about that since that is Cam's favorite uh, NBA team. I know. Go Wizards. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, talking about the playing tournament, I guess we're probably going to focus on it more next episode, to be honest, because it will be like happening. But playing tournament, uh, we described it last episode. A uh, quick thing, the... Seven plays the ten, and the eight plays the nine. Well, seven plays the eight, right? Seven. And the winner of that is the seventh seed. And then the loser of that plays the winner of the nine. And the no, ten. I think it's... See, it's already confusing. I'm pretty sure it's seven, ten. If seven wins, they're the seventh seed. If they lose, they play the winner of the eight, nine. Or other way around. I don't know. Man, I couldn't tell you. Uh... The NBA, we talked about it. It's confusing. It's a little weird. Uh, we'll definitely talk yeah, about so it more. Yeah, so this is what it is. The 7th and 8th seed play. The right. winner is the 7th seed. seed. The loser oh, plays right, the right, winner right, of right, the right. ninth and the 10th. So at this point in time, um, going out west, we have the Lakers and the Warriors playing. And right, right. I, don't, I mean, obviously, depending on what happens tonight... Um, in the East, we could. I think most likely we'll see the Celtics and the Hornets play for that seventh seed, and then I would say probably the Wizards, Pacers, and the loser of that game play. I don't think the Bulls will make it back up. No, the Bulls they don't have the firepower right now. In the West, though, uh, it's kind of interesting because Curry and Braun. Yeah, Curry and Braun, and then you have. The Grizzlies, who are locked in, and then either the Spurs or the Pelicans. Grizz- the Pelicans. The Grizzlies, the sixth seed right now. Ninth. Ninth. Oh right, right, right. So it's either the Spurs or the Pelicans. Uh, I think the Pelicans are still one piece away. It's looking like San Antonio right now, yeah. just based on the way they're playing. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that goes, uh, especially with the seeding right now. The Jazz look like they're probably going to take that number one seed in the West, and depending on. Well, by the time this goes out, the Sixers might have the number one seed secured in the East, which yep. is huge, because uh, even though we still see people on Twitter saying they're going to be a first-round exit, they're not real contenders, we're ready now. <laughs> see what's about to happen now. The process is about to go down. Yeah, and uh, from a Celtics fan, one of the things I meant to say earlier, but we didn't talk about, uh, Jalen Brown, out for the year. Uh, it's the a best re- player on the team, so it kind of <laughs> sucks for them. We're going to disagree on that. There's a lot of games and a lot of nights where he did play like the best player on the team, though. All-star, no one had a problem with him being an all-star. Played like it. 
And, you know, it just sucks. It's a year that uh, for COVID and rotations and injuries for the Celtics and a lot of things that didn't go their way and also severe underperformance from a lot of their best players. Kemba finally started picking it up, like, last week. and that's, At least he's having yeah. fun, though. <laughs> he's always smiling. But it's it's been a really rough season for the Celtics and having someone that's been consistently a real positive on both ends of the floor go out when you're already in that playing tournament. I think the Celtics will find a way to be that seventh or eighth seed, but it's like, it's not looking great right now. Matchups wise. I really am happy with that Hornets first round just because Hornets are a really good team. I love watching the Hornets play, but it's really, whenever we play the Hornets, Terry Rozier gets really pissed and remembers he hates the Celtics. He drops 40 and everyone else on the team plays like shit. So, Except Lamelo. I mean, Lamelo gets like 18 assists, and they're all to Terry. Yeah. So I mean, as oh boy. Lo- as long as we like hold everyone else on that team to under 30, and Terry just takes about 50 shots. That's a random thing. I've watched a couple Celtics Hornets games, but you know it's tough for the Celtics right now. Uh, off season, it's going to be a big retooling year. If Danny Ainge continues to just sit around and not do anything, Celtics fans. Celtics fans have to be top three craziest fans in basketball. And I don't mean craziest like they're loud and rowdy. I mean, they're actually insane. And on Instagram, people uh, just, I mean, I'll get this from like Cam's dad's Facebook. Uh, Fire Danny Ainge, fire Brad Stevens, trade Tatum, trade everyone except for Pritchard. It's like the one consensus short white guy that Celtics fans like. And it's just like... Celtics need to retool in the offseason. I'm not counting this year out because that would be boring, but I think realistically, the Celtics, they're a team that a lot of people expected. I think almost everyone had them top four, but at least top three in the East going in. And just a rough year. They're probably going to end up at that seventh seed, hopefully six. I mean, they're playing Miami right now, and I swear. We have the TV on in the background. I think Deadman's dropped about 80 points. It's insane how bad the Celtics bigs are. I it's think, just, yeah. yeah. From the outside looking in, honestly, I think because... The Celtics made it so far last year. The expectations were very high. And I think the one thing that we forgot about last year is that, I mean, we obviously saw last year was just a weird year overall. I think uh, Giannis was bad in the playoffs. And I mean, there was a bunch of teams that kind of were dealing with injuries. I think the Celtics this year were a little too, not overhyped, but I think they were kind of I, I guess you could use the word overhype. They were expected to be in the top four seed. I don't think talent-wise, obviously they have guys that can go out there and play well, but I don't think talent-wise they were going to be in that top four seed. I, I think, think they're more realistically probably going to be five or six. But just because they made it so far last year, they're kind of, if they didn't make that top four seed, that's kind of bad for them i guess it's just the celtics have such a glaring hole and they've one of the biggest positional needs in all of the nba and they're one of a team that's projected to be one of the better teams so it's kind of weird we talk about all the time the big man in boston is a a constant problem but i think last year the celtics had a good run they got lucky the first round they played philadelphia who's usually a tough matchup for them but ben simmons was out so they swept handled business then they played the raptors who they that's the most impressive i've ever seen celtics basketball that celtics raptors series was amazing the raptors played really good van vliet had a field day like every game shout out the og yeah i remember that og shot killed me but yeah i mean the celtics they won in seven then they went on and played the heat and they played a team that had a dominant big man and Embiid played great in that he didn't play great but he played pretty good in that sixer series but, but they he had was no double help. teamed almost every play. yeah but then they go a team against a team like uh, Miami, who has Bam Adebayo, and by no stretch of the imagination is Bam better than uh, Embiid. But Bam had Jimmy to help with. Drogic was great in that playoff series. Tyler Hero, that's when Tyler Hero was playing his best playoff basketball. Yeah. And the Celtics, they just looked tired. Taking that Raptors team to seven really wore them out, and that Heat team just was having an amazing year. Shout out that Heat team. That's a random team that played really good. Got smacked by the Lakers, but it doesn't matter. It's just, the Celtics, they had a deep run. Now, this year, they're dealing with injuries, and I think it's Boston's such a historic team, and they're known for really not changing much, but they really got to move some pieces around. I like the Fournier addition. He's played good so far, just in general. But, you know, uh, yeah, it's tough. Celtics, man, it, 
weird spot, but yeah. yeah. From the other end, though, uh, it's kind of flipped <laughs> a, a little bit stand, yeah. because last year it was uh, probably, I would say, almost exactly the opposite. I'd agree. The Celtics were on the up, and they were, I mean, they made the Eastern Conference Finals. They look like they could have made the Finals, but that Heat team, I think, last year was just, the team was so good. So I, I think the Celtics definitely did a lot better than a lot of people thought they would, but I mean, even for them to be that close, that's still a win in my book for them last season. Yeah. This year, though, um, I mean, it's my third season really watching the NBA and being a Sixers fan, so it's kind of cool to see them finally being good. I remember in 2019 when you had Jimmy Butler there and guys like J.J. Redick. Uh, that team, honestly, I still stand by this. If they beat the Raptors, I think they would have won those finals. I think that Eastern Conference final, I th well, I think they would have gone on to beat the Bucks and then probably beat the Warriors just because those, even with those injuries that happened, even if they didn't happen, I think that Warriors team was kind of not as good as the past teams. They were in a really weird stretch that year. So I don't think this team is as good as they were before, but the team overall with Doc Rivers, I think Doc Rivers made that team so much better. Obviously, they have two all-stars, and then some people saying Tobias Harris should have been. They have, I would argue, three top 15 defensive players right now. Ben Simmons, uh, Matisse Thibel, and Danny Green has been amazing on defense this yeah. year. And, and Embiid's no slouch either. Yeah. He's, he's a menace in there. And then guys shooting 40% from three. Obviously, you have Seth Curry, which was a great addition. Danny Green, too. I was very sad when Danny Green went to the Lakers, but... Got Danny Green yeah. and got rid of Al Horford. Uh, Daryl Morey, shout out the boy. He came in, him and Doc Rivers. And yeah. also, I would say probably the most underrated uh, person in the Sixers organization right now, Sam Cassell. I think after this, I hope he doesn't, but he's definitely deserving to get a head coaching job. Yeah. I really hope he doesn't. I mean, if they win a championship, then he can go. Yeah. But I think he's been great this year, especially helping those guys just shooting. It's always good to see. Like, I think in a couple years, we'll see Rondo in a role like that. And yeah. he's just a great guy to have around. And I still think, honestly, the Sixers are probably my favorite to win the East. I looked at a stat. I think the Nets are 18 and 16 it, um, away this season. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if that... I think that was against the East, or that might have been overall. Yeah, that sounds about right, overall. Yeah, that's, that's like half their games. Yeah, so obviously they're not great on the road this year. So the Sixers being that number one seed, if they win tonight, or... I mean, they need to win one game in the next four, so I think yeah. they have that secured. So for a team that was pretty awful on the road last year, and for being the best team at home in the NBA the past two seasons, this is huge because they avoid that Nets and Bucks matchup because if they're the number two seed, they would have to go through the Bucks and then the Nets yeah. or vice versa. I mean, one thing I'm going to say, I'm just going to leave it here for the Nets. It's a stat that's been flowing around. The Nets defensive rating, I think it's 26th in the NBA, which, you know, pretty trash. Their defensive rating when Nick Claxton's on the floor, first. I'm not even kidding. Yep. It's first. Play the boy. They were doing the right thing, and then they went and got LaMarcus. I know LaMarcus isn't on the team anymore, but it screwed their whole rotation. They start Blake Griffin at the center. Play the boy for defense only. He runs, he jumps, and he plays defense. Can't shoot a jumper. I don't think he's ever dribbled a basketball. He's good. You got to play him. Yeah. Uh, we were going to talk about the award race. Uh, we're kind of running... I, we don't really have a time limit, but now thinking about it, I think we should get Cam in on that conversation a little bit. Yeah. Get all three of our takes. Yeah. So I think we can actually wrap it up right there. Yeah, uh, yeah Benny, you want to wrap? Yeah, so uh, I think that's really it. Kind of a slow week overall, just because the draft just happened and we're a week before the playoffs, so kind of a weird spot to be in. So not too much to talk about, but just uh, again getting back out here working hard yeah. making another episode always work hard and yeah. uh you know be the hardest worker got to be the hardest worker in this game we will give you our opinions we are not getting paid by anyone fox Unless, if, cbs I, they are not paying us even if they want to pay us we're not taking your money i'd like to make it clear fox cbs if anyone <laughs> wants to pay us we like we work minimum wage right now you know Bannon gets tips but like i don't even do that I work retail so like please 
if anyone wants to pay us but yeah we but will, don't tell us what to say exactly you can pay us but we're gonna say our opinions just give unless us unless you're gonna give us a lot of money then we'll say if it's a lot of money please, like i'll get the Stephen a bag like come on as long as I don't have to say Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback of all time. If we fine. say it, I mean, people are going to be like, where are these idiots from? They're going to type in these podcasts and they're going to know we're fake. So it won't matter because we're getting the bag. But, you know, we're yeah. saying our opinions now. But for uh, everyone else, though, just uh, we thank you for the continued support. We're on episode 12 now. Keep it up. Each week, we're just trying to get bigger and bigger. Uh, it's kind of hard though to break past this initial push, but each week we're just trying to put more content out, especially on the Instagram. Yeah, biggest it's, biggest part of not falling off is you know making that push, and yeah. it's a lot easier than some think to fall off from like 200 because the people that like our posts are people that actually care about our stuff, and we're just trying to stretch that out to a broader range. We don't do bots, we don't follow a million and then unfollow all of them. Uh, I'm talking about an account right now. She doesn't watch the podcast or listen to them. But yeah, I mean, we're making the push. We're going to keep hopefully growing and we're definitely going to keep grinding. Uh, We're up all night editing the videos and stuff. But I mean, that's really it. We don't need to drag on that. But if uh, anyone who's listening to this point, if you're uh, still listening, go tell three people that you know about this podcast and uh, send us an Instagram DM with the word whale. Yeah, no one has said that yet. No, never. Just to, <laughs> yeah, so uh, good episode this week, episode 12 of the Nosebleeds. Uh, we'll see you next week where the playoffs will be officially starting to play in tournaments. So. All right, thank you. Nosebleeds out. Mamba out.